Good morning. Well, as many of you may have noticed, we have a cardinal that's been visiting us uh, most every Sunday. It was gone for about a month. I was hoping it had decided to leave, but alas, it is back this week. Uh, So we're going to continue to try some efforts to uh, deter it from coming to our window. Uh, But in the meantime, I hope uh, you don't allow it to distract you too much from uh, your worship and from concentrating on God's word and also from distracting your children. But rest assured, in the meantime, we are going to still do everything we can to encourage it to go elsewhere. Um, Another thing I wanted to mention, we have a voters meeting today uh, following our second service. There will be a light lunch that's provided, so if you're able to come back for that, we would appreciate it. And as always, if you have a cell phone, we ask, please place it on silent mode or turn it off at this time. Our first reading for this, the second Sunday of Easter, is from the fifth chapter of Acts. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. They were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats. That as Peter, as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is, the party of the Sadducees, filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the first chapter of Revelation. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom, priests, to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, He is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom, and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write what you see in a book. Send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna, Pergamum and to Thyatira, 
to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. His voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp, two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun, shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died. Behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death in Hades. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, even so I am sending you. When he had said this, He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails... Place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again. Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, and put out your hand. And place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our gospel reading today took place on Easter Sunday. After Mary Magdalene saw the open tomb, she ran back to the room where the disciples were hiding. 
They were hiding behind a locked door, afraid that chief priests and the Romans might come for them. So Mary knocked on the door. The door opens a crack. They see it's Mary. So they opened the door just enough for Mary to slide through. And as soon as she's inside, they slam that door shut and lock it tight. Mary then tells the disciples everything she saw that morning. Jesus' body is gone. The grave clothes were folded up. Two angels appeared. And then Mary tells them, she saw Jesus in the garden. He is alive. Peter and John want to go and see for themselves. So Peter and John go to the door, slide the deadbolt back, push the door open just a few feet. And as soon as they clear the doorway, that door is slammed shut and locked tight. They all have to be very careful. That door is the only thing keeping them safe. On that very first Easter Sunday, the disciples thought that door was the only thing keeping them alive. It was Easter Sunday. Some of the disciples saw Jesus was alive, but they were still hiding behind in this locked room. Some of them talked to Jesus, but they were still hiding. Behind a locked door. They were terrified. They were terrified. The chief priest might find them. Send them to Pilate. And then crucify them. Just like Jesus. So they sat in that upper room. Behind a locked door. And they were terrified. That death would get in somehow. They were afraid they would hear the soldiers tap their metal spears against the door. They were afraid they would see the doorknob turn as the chief priests went room to room searching for them. But thank heavens, they have that door. Thank heavens, that door was shut and locked tight so death could not get to them. So long as that door was shut and locked, they were safe. Death won't get them. On that first Easter, those disciples were showing a great amount of faith. In the face of chief priests and Roman soldiers hunting them down like dogs, those disciples were showing a great amount of faith. The disciples were putting great faith in something. They weren't putting their faith in God. All of their faith was placed in a locked door. All of their trust that first Easter morning was in a door slammed shut and locked tight. It's sad. Jesus had just conquered death a few hours earlier. But they chose to trust a door to keep them safe rather than Jesus. It's sad. 
Some of those disciples saw Jesus walking and talking that Easter morning. But instead of walking over to Jesus to find safety from death, the disciples sat behind a locked door, hoping it would act as their shield against death. Well, I will at least give the disciples credit for this. They realized that death was an enemy. At least they realized death was a foe to be defeated. Nowadays, some people think they will cheat death by gulping down the right vitamins and drinking the right supplements. Entire industries exist to create doors for you. Locked doors. They want to create doors for you to protect you from death. Whether it's the right supplement we eat, the right sweater you wear in winter, all the way up to the proper sunscreen you apply. We are being told all the time in so many ways that these will be sturdy doors for your life to protect you from death. It's shocking how many businesses are built that want your money. And in exchange, they promise to give you a door. You can slam shut and lock tight to help keep death away from you for a bit longer. All for the right price, of course. But sometimes we can put up our own doors against death. A lot of times people will think death isn't something that is going to affect them. Young people can often be lured into thinking that their very youth is in and of itself a mighty door that closes death off from them and shuts it out completely. The young may be tempted to see death as simply an older person's problem. And even parents may think their children are shielded by death from that mighty door of youth. But then that door can get knocked down pretty easily. It can happen when there's a car accident. Maybe two or three teenagers are killed in that accident. They're dead. And what will the family and friends And people in the community inevitably say in some way about these young people. They will mourn and they will say this. Oh, but they were so young. How terrible to be cut down in the prime of their youth of all things. Yes, they were cut down in their youth. They were cut down because death does not care if someone is old or young. Death will take them all. Death doesn't care if you are a newborn infant or if you're being cared for in a residential home. There's no door we can put up to keep death out. On that first Easter, the disciples who saw Jesus was alive were trying to keep death away by hiding behind a locked door. Well, they could try all they want. It wouldn't work. That's why on that first Easter, Jesus did something 
that's so simple and so fantastic that it shocked all of the disciples. All of a sudden, as the disciples were hiding behind a door, slammed shut and locked tight, as the disciples thought they'd barricaded themselves in this safe space where nothing could hurt them, in spite of all these worldly defenses they put up, Jesus just appeared. Jesus just bypasses that whole locked door. That locked door that they trusted and had faith in to protect them was nothing when it came to Jesus. That door was a joke. And as soon as Jesus appeared, he showed the disciples what they could have faith in to save them from death. Jesus showed them his hands and Jesus showed them his side. Jesus showed them proof that he had conquered death. And Jesus showed them that he is the door. Not just a door to keep death out. No, Jesus is so much more. Jesus is the door to eternal life. Jesus and the forgiveness of sins he gives opens up for you the door to everlasting life. Life. When Jesus bypassed that locked door of the disciples, he stood among them. And he did not chastise them for overly trusting a door. Instead, Jesus comforted them. After all, they were very scared. Do you remember what Jesus said? As soon as they saw him appear, Jesus said, Peace be with you. And immediately, Jesus held out his hands and he showed them his side. He held out his hands. Those nail marks cut open Jesus' own flesh. Those nail marks opened a doorway of sorts. Through that opening of flesh in Jesus' hands, those disciples and you can walk through believing that Jesus really did die for you. And through that same doorway of his hands, you can walk through believing that Jesus really did rise from the dead. And he did that all for you. When Jesus appeared to those disciples, he also showed them his side. His side was not slammed shut and locked up tight like most skin is. Jesus' side had been sliced open by a spear. Jesus' side was open like the tomb Jesus had just walked from, wide open. That wound in his side would have been the most joyous sight your eyes have ever seen. Because you can walk through the doorway of that wound. Believing Jesus has indeed risen from the dead. He is the first to rise from the dead, never to die again. But Jesus will not be the last. 
you will follow. One day, you will follow Jesus. And you will also leave your tomb behind. Death has been destroyed in the resurrection of Jesus. Death might sting for a while. but That sting will not last for an eternity. You don't have to fear death anymore. You also don't have to try and lock yourself away. Or ignore it. Or think it only affects other people. Death does affect all of us. But death does not have power over any of us. Not anymore. Thanks to Christ and his resurrection from the dead. The promise of eternal life is all yours. That door has been opened wide to you. All because of Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.